Thank you. Some enthusiasm. <clears throat> I'm just going to try my best not to cuss up here. That's my <laughs> yeah. I'm, 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 Seriously. Can you guys hear me good? Yeah. Awesome, man. Um, I'm Dr. Jude Austin. Um, I'm an elder here. Been an elder for a couple months now. So I still have that like new guy thing where I can make mistakes. And if I make mistakes, like I didn't know. I'm sorry, I didn't know. Um, <clears throat> I'm also a faculty at the University of Mary Hart and Baylor. So I'm a professor in the counseling program. Crew. Um, I'm an alumni from there. I played soccer there for four years. My brother and my sister went there. My wife went there. We all played soccer. Um, let's see what else. I'm married to my wife, um, Lindsay Austin. She's from Maui. I'm from Louisiana. So <laughs> somebody like that checks out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sometimes you know I'm like, why did you marry me? Um, yeah, she's from Maui. She's at home now with the kids. We got a two-year-old son and a four-month-old son. He's actually almost five-month-old. So. Um, I'm not getting any sleep. I'm tired. I don't even know where I'm at. Like, where am I right now? What day is it? Um, let's see what else. Oh, um, I'm in private practice here. I'm um, so teaching the counseling program. I'm also in private practice. I'm a licensed professional counselor, licensed marriage and family therapist, nationally certified counselor, certified clinical mental health counselor, all the acronyms behind my name. Um, also published books. Um, I've published four books so far, my brother, on counseling. I'm for the American Counseling Association and Springer Publishing Company, um, and I'm a keynote speaker for our national conference. So that's kind of me in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so today, um, I'm going to spend some time on trying not to take up four hours, because I get passionate, man. I may start screaming. Who knows? I'm going to have to turn my mic down. Uh, I'm going to talk to you guys about relationships. I got a bunch of stuff, kind of like a cheat sheet. This is like all the stuff I wish... I could tell couples before they come in and sit in front of me and complain about their relationships. So this is like, this is like behind the curtain stuff, man. Like you can't practice counseling after this, but you'll definitely be able to fool somebody into thinking you're a practicing clinician. Um, so I got an anchor verse here, um, Ephesians 4, um, 2 and 3. I'm not going to read it, but I'm going to give you guys some time to read it. Take a second, take a breath, read it, and think about relationships. All right? Ten seconds. I feel like I need to get out of the way, even though it's up there. I'll read it. I feel like I want to. <laughs> Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Make an allowance for each other's faults because of your love. It's an anchor. Um, the tips I'll talk about today, I'm going to split up into three sections. Uh, dating, relationships, and then marriage. I'm going to have about four or five tips within each section um, and I'm going to try my best to point back to some of the themes of that verse. All right? I feel like I'm in class. Like, any questions? Any questions now? Everybody okay with that? Did you guys read the syllabi? It's going to be a quiz afterwards. All right. If it gets too real, just feel free to leave. That's okay. You have my permission. Because I don't know how real it's going to get. Okay. Uh, first tip. Or first thought. These are like thoughts. I ran them through my wife. So... 
<clears throat> so this is the first one. Uh, people don't date people. They date patterns. Here we go. Y'all have a good night. <laughs> people don't date people. They date patterns, man. We always like to think that we date people, but we don't. <clears throat> That's why you have people who end up dating the same person with a different face. You know, we have the same relationships, right? Because we're attracted to patterns. It's like our homeostatic way of being. Our whole body is trying to be balanced, right? And so we, like magnets, are attracted to the patterns that we're most comfortable with, which come from freaking family of origin, man, your parents. They come from your parents, the things that you watch, the things that you learn, right? You don't even know it. It's like that unconscious thing. And so even when you're not trying to, you'll say, I'm never going to marry somebody like my parents. I'm never going to marry somebody like my dad. But you unconsciously turn that relationship into the same relationship your parents had, right? I see couples in the room like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you got to be aware. Here's a tip. Be aware of your, your patterns. That's it. Just be aware of your patterns, right? Which means you have to pay attention to the relationships that you're steeped in, right? The relationships with your mom or your dad, whoever were your primary caregivers, you got to pay attention to those relationships so you can be mindful of not recreating those patterns in the relationship that you're starting, right? Pay attention to the person, right? I feel like I'm like trying not to see y'all in my office in three years. Like, <laughs> just... <laughs> uh, here's another, here's the second thing. Uh, people, <clears throat> they often choose misery. They often choose misery at their best attempt to get their needs met, right? This is what I found in therapy. People often will choose misery at their best attempt at getting their needs met. Meaning they will choose to suffer if it thinks it's going to get their needs met. Right? That's why you always see somebody dating somebody where everybody in their friend group are like, what are you doing? Right? It's because they have some type of need that that person is fulfilling. Right? Oftentimes that need comes out of deprivation. Right? I try to tell couples, or I try to tell individuals, don't date out of deprivation. Date out of fulfillment. Right? Don't start a relationship because you feel deprived of love. Right? Get that love from somewhere else and then have that partner come in and help you feel fulfilled. Does that make sense? So figure out what you need. Right? And if that's even something your partner can give you, should you even be putting that responsibility on this new partner? Right? All we're doing is just trying to get needs met. And we will do whatever it takes to get that need met, even if it's unhealthy. Right. Um, third thing, the still in dating. Um, Rose-colored sunglasses. You guys have heard that term before, right? So the problem with that is that all the red flags just look like flags. You don't even notice them. When you got those red-colored glasses on, all the red, he's just like, la, 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 this is great. Like, I don't know why I'm crying every night. This is great. Like, I love. <laughs> you have to try to find a way to bring yourself down to earth. There's some parts about a relationship that should be romantic, right? But then there should be some maturity around yourself that you can pull yourself out of that kind of uh, romantic spinning, just try not to let the person fall, that kind of movie type of thing, pull yourself out of that and think who, like what's, what am I doing, 
What am I doing? What patterns am I creating? Who am I turning into? Right? Because if you keep those red colored, those rose colored glasses on, all the red flags are just gonna look like regular old flags. Right? And so people will come into therapy and say, gosh, I don't know how I, I wasted three years on this person. Right? Because you were just paying attention to maybe what you needed. You weren't paying attention to the red flags. Right? Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, here's the last thing uh, on dating. Um, what does it mean to be equally yoked? What does that actually mean to you? Right? To me, and the struggles I see individuals coming into therapy, the struggle is not actually the other person. Right? It's them. Like They don't have an adequate ideal of their yokedness to God. Right? They don't. They have an inaccurate ideal. They think that they are like, I mean, they see themselves in this, like the highest form that they can see themselves. And so they're looking for a partner that's just like them, but they aren't like the person that they're looking for, right? It's almost like they don't date the person, then they, they date the ideal of the person, right? Does that make sense? And so equally yoked, to do that, you have to have an accurate awareness of your relationship with God. That's the only way you can juxtapose or compare your relationship to your partner's relationship. Does that make sense? Right? I don't know how you do that. Talk to Austin. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, talk to him. Dave. Well, talk to Austin. Yeah, no. uh, okay, let's move into relationships. All right, so these are some tips about relationships. Oh, we're doing good on time. I'll be done by 1030. You guys are good? <laughs> cool, 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 cool. I bought lunch. It's in my pocket. So my son says, pockets? It's in your pockets. Yeah, it's in my pocket. Uh, relationships. Okay. <clears throat> so you get done with that dating phase, right? I don't know. Two, three dates, four, seven. I don't know. And now you're in a relationship. You had that come to Jesus moment, that conversation, right? That TDR, I think is what people would say, right? T what is it? DTR, that's it. I don't even know. I haven't dated since 1999. I don't know. <laughs> we, and is that the tree usually at UMHB, right? By the pond? Everybody yeah, has that, yeah, that conversation. You have that, right? And now you guys are in a relationship. It's official. Facebook official, Snapchat official, plane official, carrier pigeon. Who knows what you guys are doing now? I don't know. Uh, you're in the relationship, right? So here's what I usually will try to get couples to recognize whenever they come to me and they have issues, right? This is like issues they're married for a while and now they're coming in, right? Is that they, it almost feels like they didn't respect marriage enough. Like they didn't respect marriage, right? Like there's a reason why the divorce rate is so high. Because marriage is hard, man. Like it is hard, right? Not hard in the sense of like, you're outside breaking pavement. It's like a psychological, draining, exhausting, sometimes life-threatening situation. Yeah. Right? Does anybody? Amen. You get some amens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to respect that process. Right? You got to respect it, which means you have to, you have to, this goes into the next tip. You have to externalize that relationship uh, from yourself, a lot of times people will internalize relationships and they'll see their relationships as a part of who they are, right? It ain't. 
right? Don't do that, right? Don't tag your self-efficacy or self-esteem to the success of that relationship, right? Treat that relationship like your, with your partner as if it's like a plant that's just sitting on the windowsill, right? And the whole time what you and your partner are doing is trying to grow that plant, right? And you have to respect that growth process. I feel like people oftentimes when they come into counseling and they have issues, because they didn't respect that growth process. They rushed it, right? They were trying to get a need met, like they were trying to get married, bring by spring, right? That's all they were really focused on, right? Their friends, pictures, right? Like getting a wedding dress, right? Calling somebody a husband, right? It's like they didn't respect that marriage process, and so they rushed the process, and that relationship wasn't ready to be a marriage. Does that make sense? So you have to respect that process, right? You have to externalize it. You have to see it as something outside of yourself, almost like it's a living, breathing organism, right? And you and your partner have to commit to raising this thing, right? You got to commit to getting to know it, right? It's like those old um, 90s TV shows where they gift like the, I don't know, Saved by the Bell kids a flower bag that looks like a baby and they have to share it. That's what you're doing. And you got to pay attention to. You got to pay attention to your partner and how they pay attention to the relationship, right? Because how they nurture that relationship is going to change once they become a mom or a dad or an uncle or an auntie or a grandpa or a boss or a CEO or entrepreneur, executive pastor, worship leader, whatever you call it, right? How the energy that they can put into that plan is going to change. Right? Does, does that make sense? You have to respect that process. Right. Um, another thing about relationships, this is a, another tip and then I'll move on. I don't know how much time I have left. I think it's 850. When do I end? 825? Okay, good. Just throw some water on me or something if I'm over time. Um, a lot of times couples, when they come into counseling uh, in relationships and they, they're struggling, it's almost as if they, the, the note I put here is that they, um, they don't, I don't, I'm not sure if they knew if they wanted to be loved. Like, do you, do you love each other or do you care more about being loved? Like, I think that's the thing that they didn't, they didn't get, right? Do you love each other or did, or did you care more to be loved, right? So that goes back into that ideal of your family of origin. How did you grow up? What's your attachment style, right? Is being loved more important than loving somebody? Right? Because if it is, then I don't know if you're ready to take that relationship to the next step. Right? Does that make, I feel like I don't have enough time to break that down, but I hope it makes sense. Right? What you want to do right, is be equally prepared to love and be loved and be equally ready to do so. Right? Some people get into relationships and all they really want is to be loved. They don't actually want to love somebody else. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so it's hard to assess that with your partner. Because first date, I mean, best behavior, right? Second date, I went on my second date with my wife, and she beat me pretty senselessly in putt-putt golf. And I was like, that's the one. She does not care about my feelings. Like, oh, I love that girl. <laughs> and I mean, she, was, and she putted and was like, 
I won and dropped her putt and just like walked off. I was like, baby, we got to put the balls back in. <laughs> she just walked to the car. I was like, I'm going to marry you as soon as I get these putts back. <laughs> yeah, but so you have to figure out, are you ready to be loved and also are you ready to receive love, right? And that's hard, man, because like that's a vulnerable thing, receiving love from somebody, right? Like you have to be open to that, right? It means your barriers have to be down, right? Like, I mean, your partner can't just keep lobbing grenades over your firewalls trying to get to your heart. Like, that's exhausting, man. You got to do the work to be ready to be loved, right? But then you also can't be too enmeshed to where all you want to do is love that person. You don't really care about being, I don't care what I receive. I just want to love you. That's not healthy either, but some people will fall on that sword, right? And you, meet, you eventually become resentful about your partner, right? The last tip um, as far as relationships is when you're nurturing that plant, man, y'all got to see each other go through stuff. I feel like a lot of partners, they come in, they're married, and they're struggling, and I look at them and I'm like, this is the point where y'all should still be dating, Y'all should be at this point now figuring out, man, does this struggle and the way that it changed you make us reconsider whether or not we want to get married? But by that point, it's too late. And so now they're trying to figure out, you're no longer the person that I married. Of course not, because when you were dating them, you didn't watch them go through stuff, right? So the note I put here was, um, you got to watch them stand courageously in the tensions of life. That you have to sit there and watch your partner stand courageously through those tensions. Meaning, when they're raising that plant with you and they're getting pulled from other directions, right? The easy thing to do would be to break up, right? But the courageous thing to do would be to say, Come on, let me talk to you for a second. Y'all sit down right next to that plant, turn on a grow lamp, put some water in there, get some fertilizer, whoever fertilizer you get it from, right? Put it in there and say, what are we doing here? Like, that's the courageous thing to do. If your relationship is doing that when you're married, I don't know, man. I don't know, you know? Like, research shows that those relationships struggle, right? It's not impossible, just come to therapy with me, I'll fix it. Up. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding, kinda. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So those struggles, right? <clears throat> We're moving into marriage now. Those struggles, they change people, right? Like people say that people don't change. They do, they grow, and that growth allows them to choose to change or not, right? If the person that you're dating is worth it, right, you will, right? Here's a mistake that I feel like people make that lands them into uh, the chair or the sofa across from me is that I think sometimes people, they are dating the person that they want to marry because they think the person they're dating will stay the same, right? You're not, you're not dating the person that you're going to marry, right? You're not, right? Like that person that you're going to marry is changing each day slowly and slowly, right? 
So you're dating, you're in a relationship, right, with the potential of that person, right? Don't get trapped into thinking one day he'll change, right? Because if he doesn't want to or she doesn't want to, they won't, right? So while you're nurturing that plant, you have to make sure when you're dating and in a relationship that that person is willing to change, right? I talked to my wife about this, and I was telling her, you know, Kian is my firstborn, Valen is the secondborn. He's five months, and they are screaming. We're just in the middle of the living room, two kids screaming. There's poopy diapers everywhere. Olympics on. I'm trying to watch something. I don't even know, badminton or underwater basket weaving. I, I just want to see some Olympians, man. Uh, but he's throwing a basketball at my face. Valen's on the ground. Dog sleeping underneath the stroller. I don't know why she's scared, but I'm scared too. And so anyway, so I'm telling, I'm talking to her and I'm like, man, I don't think the person that I was when we dated could have handled this, you know, like I needed to go through some stuff with you in a relationship in order to be this dude. That makes sense. And I needed her by me, right? Now, that doesn't have to take six years or seven years or five years. But if you respect marriage, you and your partner do, and you commit to growing this relationship, then whatever that struggle will be is going to define you, right? So this leads me to the first point of marriage, right? Is that marriage is a crucible, man. It holds you. It changes you. It molds you into whatever it is that you need to be, right? Whatever you need to be, right? That could be somebody healthy. That could be somebody unhealthy, right? Like marriage is hard, not because it's like two people trying to figure it out. Marriage is hard because it's always in flux. The person you are is always in flux. The person she is is always in flux, right? Like when I was picking out my wife's ring, I wasn't picking out the ring that was going to look good on her today. I was picking out the ring that was going to look good on her when we're sitting in some, I don't know, I don't know, big house in front of a lake with all 25 of our grandkids running around and we're sitting on rockers and she has arthritis and I look down at her hands and I'm like, that ring still looks good. Like that's the ring I'm trying to buy, right? And I feel like that's the person that you're trying to be with, right? And so you, you have to commit to change as well, right? You have to commit to change. It's almost like you and your partner have to look at each other and say, we, we're doing this, right? Like, for real, for real, right? Like, for, like, down to earth. Not like, this is great. Like, let's get married. Like, let's have kids. Like, all of our friends are doing it. I want to be... No, man. Like, that's how you get hurt. That's how you hurt people. That's how you raise kids who watch you not be in love with your partner and then also grow up to repeat those same patterns and then they have kids and repeat the same pattern. Does that make sense? Right, like, sometimes I look at couples and we do a genogram and you can just see how like the same patterns is repeating itself in each relationship right so stop it stop it <laughs> uh, the second thing is uh your partner's not responsible for your happiness right like they're just not and you're responsible for your happiness they can help right they can contribute Right? But man, when you make them responsible for your happiness, it's almost like they, it's a, it's a lose-lose. Right? Because they just don't, to be honest, my wife doesn't have the time to constantly make me happy. Right? She just doesn't. Right? I remember one of the best things my wife ever told me 
was, uh, you got to stop being so sensitive. I cried a little bit, <laughs> like one tear. I didn't let her see it. It was on the right side, so I just let it roll down. Uh, but mainly because it's like you, I wanted her to do something that just wasn't her job. Right? Does that make sense? Like, so in a, relation, in a marriage, like we have to take responsibility for what's ours, right? And then help our partner support us in taking on that responsibility, right? Not like I'm struggling, you're my partner, so you got to help me, right? Is let me help you help me. Right? Does that make sense? Right? Um, this is a third one. This comes from a couple that I've been working with for a while. We actually started working. They're like 80 years old, this couple. They're so cute. They come in in matching track suits, right? Because, like, <laughs> what else do you wear when you're 80? <laughs> right? it's just, I think it's just a onesie. They just zip it all the way up and just walk out of the house. Uh, <laughs> so they come in, they sit down. I'm like, y'all don't have any problems. Like, y'all... y'all Where'd y'all find those things? <laughs> anyway, come in. And uh, I, this is a story that uh, the husband, uh, he says, um, one day their uh, fridge was broken. Right? And he told her, hey, the fridge is broken. They're coming to repair it, but don't open it because we don't want to let all the cold air out. Right? That's the oldest thing. I don't know if y'all have grandmas who said, don't stay in or out. You're letting all the cold air out. Right? So don't open the fridge. Right? And so he's in the back. She's in the kitchen, and he hears the fridge door open, and he runs, right? Like, think of an 80-year-old run, not like he's spinning around the corner. It took him, like, two days to get there. (laughs) And so he gets there, and he starts screaming at her, right? The fridge door is open. She's in there, right? And he's screaming at her, like, close the door. Like, then the air around, everything's going to spoil, right? Got my favorite cheese in there, And so she closes the door, and she was putting in ice that she had drove driven to get she's putting ice in the fridge right and he said is is that moment where i feel like i should have been this is the message right more curious than reactive right like way more curious right if your partner loves you and you know they love you right like if you're still alive with your partner they love you right um then they aren't trying to hurt you Right? But sometimes we feel like everybody's out to get us. Right? And so he said, if I would have been more curious, if I would have heard the door open and I would have thought, huh, I wonder why my wife, who loves me and knows I love her and is smarter than me, because all women are smarter than guys, who is smarter than me, right? open the fridge. Why would she do that? That's probably a good reason for that. Right? He said, I could have taken 10 seconds, walked in front of that fridge and say, what you doing? <laughs> and that simple question would have ended an argument before it began. Right? So be more curious in a marriage than reactive. Right? And if you do have some reactions, man, figure that stuff out. Like, why are you so angry? Why are you so upset? Why are you so triggered by some things, right? That's not your partner's responsibility. Take responsibility for that, right? And then here's the last thing. Um, man, couples who are successful that I found are who are successful. The couples who 
make it through phase one where they're arguing and they're in crisis. Then they make it through phase two of therapy where they're getting to the deep, dark stuff, right? Where every session ends hot. I mean, it's like we got the AC on, but it's like 80 degrees in there because everybody's just angry and arguing, right? They make it through that phase. They get to the termination phase. They are successful because they do the boring stuff really well. Right? Like I think sometimes when people think about marriage, they think of like dating, relationships, marriage, and the romanticized, they think about the sexy stuff, right? Like we're gonna buy a house and get a dog and have kids and then raise those kids and then they're gonna become Olympians that I'm gonna watch. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm thinking. See, I saw my son, we got him a little basketball thing, suction cup to the door, and he shot and made it, and I was like, scholarship, here we go. <laughs> he tripped like three seconds later, and I was like, maybe D3, I don't know, maybe D3. That's fine, too, that's okay, that's all right, you know. Um, but they do the very simple stuff. The simple stuff like, you wake up in the morning, and you think, I'm going to make some coffee for us, Right? Oh, I'm going to take out the trash, right? Today's Monday, trash picks up. She's going to come home. I'm going to take out the trash. Let me do dishes real quick right, while I'm here. You know what? I'm going up to get water. Then you go fill up her water cup, right? Like, let me text her when I'm on my way home. Do you need anything? You need me to pick up something, right? Or when they say, what's wrong? And they say, nothing, right? You say, I know something's wrong. Talk to me when you feel ready. And then you just sit next to him, right? Just like, right? Or like what my wife would say when I'm like, baby, is there anything I can do? She says, I'm inconsolable right now. I'm inconsolable. And I'm like, well, can I have a hug? Because I, I would like to console, right? <laughs> She's like, fine. <laughs> it's like, now I'm the one with the problem. Uh, but they do, and they look for those simple things, Right? Look for, because those, those simple things add up, man. Like, a lot of the times couples, when they argue, right, they don't pay enough attention to the opportunity an argument or a disagreement is to build intimacy, right? If you can argue or disagree in a way that moves you closer to your partner, then you're doing it well. And it just takes those simple things, right? I think that's all I got. That's everything. Congratulations, you got a graduate degree in counseling. <laughs> uh, if you guys have any questions, um, my email is just Dr. Jude Austin, just drjudeaustin at gmail.com. So feel free or stop by. I'm in Hardy Hall. You can ask me any questions. All right. um, I'm going to pray just real quick, and then I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not going to sing, but... Uh, <laughs> God, thank you so much for this day, for this time together, God. Um, I pray that you are in each and every one of their lives, God, in their relationships, God. I, I pray that you give them patience and awareness, God. And not just awareness, but the agency to do something with that awareness, God. Um, to use that awareness to pull themselves closer to their partners, God. For those who aren't in a relationship, God, I just pray that you are with them as they build a stronger relationship to you and to themselves to prepare them and to prepare the person um, that they are supposed to be with God. Um, 
I thank you for everything that you've done for me and my family and the relationship that I have with my wife. And I hope that you continue to bless us and everybody in this room. In your name we pray. Amen.